You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. I recorded an episode a couple days ago called Spirituality is Fucked with my girlfriend Katie Calder and it was awesome. Awesome to just kind of share and be super open and just get the fuck into it. And as I sat down to record today, I'm like, what is this? What is this about? What is on my heart? What do I really want to share? And it's really about looking for love in all the wrong places, but looking for everything in the wrong places. And we're constantly in this search as we are in a state of growth. And we think, well, if I go here, or I talk to this person and I see them or they work on me or I listen to this podcast or I read this book, I'm going to have the answers and they're going to give it to me. And even inside the Onyx last night, I'm facilitating circle and we had to have a really honest conversation around distracting ourselves. I really feel like We get into a place where we leave this old version of us behind and then we go into this new place and we think, well, now I have access to healers and courses and groups and that's what I'm going to do for my growth. It's just another way of distracting ourselves, though. Like. If we rely so heavily on other people, whether it's in codependent relationships or relationships with our therapists or our healers or our guides or whoever and whatever entity we think has the almighty answers. It's a form of distraction, a form of self-betrayal and a form of distrust within ourselves. And I want to offer that we don't need to go elsewhere. I believe that there is a time and a place to have people and guides and entities support you and to really be listening and asking for help and asking for guidance. And I also think that there's a fine line when you get to a point where you realize you've done the work, you have the tools, you have the resources. And yet you still keep asking other people for what they think is best and for their guidance. I think we're missing the point, which is to learn to trust ourselves and to learn that the whole reason we are in a process or practicing these things or doing the work is that we can be with ourselves so we can trust ourselves so we can listen to ourselves. And I said this in circle last night because this is something that's really frustrated me is I think so often, and I've done this, so I'm totally guilty of this, but it's like, I am channeling my grandmother who tells me that when I do this, this is what's going to happen, or I need to take this action, or I need to let this go. And the only reason that it's a valid thing is because someone else told me to do it. It's not enough if I say I made the decision to move to Colorado and leave my career because that's what felt good and best to me. That felt like the next step. 
that I was meant to take. It's not enough for me to say that. It's not enough for me to rely on myself and trust myself. I need to bring in someone else or another entity or some spiritual experience in order to justify a decision. And I'm in this place right now where I actually feel so much of my abilities and my awarenesses coming through. I feel like my damn channel is really clear. And at the same time, I feel like I only hear my voice, but I've never been so clear on my path and feeling guided and feeling supported. But I don't feel like I need to sit and meditate and ask the questions and clear this and do that. And like all this spiritual jargon of like, hold the crystal and then journal and then chant this mantra and then here, and then your channel will be open. And then you can speak to the divine. I'm fucking living the divine. This is the shift. This is actual embodiment to me and call me crazy. But I think that embodiment is actually living this shit out, not talking about it, not explaining embodiment, not trying to be embodied, not forcing ourselves to like be a certain way. It's living it. It's with every choice and with how we communicate and how we respond, how we make choices. I'm listening to myself. I'm guiding myself. I'm trusting myself. I feel present. I feel clear and connected to my body. And I credit so much of what I've done over the last few years, working with different people and asking for help for getting me here. But I also believe that there comes a point when you just got to say, okay, I rely on me. I've got this. I know what is best for me. I hope that makes sense. It's where my head is. It's where my heart is. And I, I am feeling frustrated at so many people who feel this need to go outside of themselves, to look for love, to look for guidance, to look for help. When we are holding the answers within and we don't trust that yet. And so what kind of practice can you get in with yourself to learn to trust yourself? And how many more fucking mediums and psychics or healers do you need to see to start to come back to yourself and be like, oh, okay, I have tools and resources. I know how I'd like to handle this situation or I know what feels best for me or I know what's a yes or a no for me. And so that's what I'm going to rely on. And then when you get to a point where you're like, okay, I need some extra support. I've been doing this on my own and I do trust myself. And now I would like to work with someone amazing, but not feeling like I have to work with these people in order to have my connection to divine or to source. I just don't believe in that. I think that we, we move beyond that when we learn to trust ourselves. So where are you scared to trust yourself? Where are you scared to just ask yourself the hard questions rather than asking your guides and being like, well, my guides told me. It doesn't make it any cooler or better. 
Just saying. So, I want to transition into the Q&A aspect of this conversation. And this may feel like a drastic shifting of gears, but I like to share what's coming up for me. I like to share that I teach and I feel like I have so much to offer. And at the same time, I am fucking learning with you. I'm learning all of this with you. I'm changing my mind on a daily, let alone probably moment by moment basis and evolving and open to that for whatever that looks like. And so I'm with you and I don't have it all figured out and that's all okay. As I learn things and I have awarenesses around things, I like to share them with you because I think that's how we learn is like admitting that we don't know all the things all the time. And that if we just come back to ourselves and listen, we begin to have more access to those answers and to that knowing. So just sharing and being together in this and also trusting ourselves along the way, I feel like is really all we can do. (sighs) Okay, so I got some really interesting questions from all of you. Someone asked about my tip or recommendation for a discrete no cord vibrator. So I'm going to be honest. I don't love vibrators. Uh, and I think that it's probably because I have been super spoiled with my womanizer and I understand that womanizers are expensive. I get it. Not everyone has access to that. I feel super fortunate. Lots of companies send me things. That's why I do giveaways and give away so much product is because I want as many people as possible to have the same access to brands and products that I do. Um, And so I know it's expensive, but it's just the fucking best. Uh, Vibrators make my clit like numb and kind of, there's like overly stimulated. So then... I feel like I have to take time off of using them because it's like too much. And then my clit is kind of numb. And then if I have sex with Connor and then I try and come with him, whether he's using his tongue or his fingers or I'm touching myself while he's inside of me, I feel like I have a really hard time coming. And I love the womanizer because it uses air to pulse. And so it, it doesn't make you feel numb or overly sensitized, which then desensitizes you. Um, the air, it like, I don't know. I'm not a fucking scientist or the designer of the womanizer, but it's like, it pushes air and pulls it. That's what it feels like. It feels like it's sucking your clit. So the feeling is super different. The orgasm is insane. I'm not kidding you. It is insane. And I've been talking about womanizer for years, but a lot over the last month because I had a partnership with them. And this is not an ad, by the way. Um, Every single person who has bought a womanizer after hearing about it from me has literally messaged me voice, voice memos and DMs. And it makes me laugh, obviously, because you guys are like, oh my God, my legs like shot out of my body. Holy shit. It like started in my toes and it came up all the way. Oh my God. I like screamed and my husband came running. I was like, what the fuck? I am telling you, 
It's not just me. It's everyone I've talked to. It's fucking insane. So I don't like vibrators. I just don't. I like a womanizer. I want my clit sucked. If I don't have a person doing it, then here we go with our little toy. I think it's discreet. I don't think it's super loud. The womanizer doesn't have a really bright light either. So, I mean, I think it's awesome. And this takes me into the next question I got. And this kind of goes together. So someone asked me if I tell Connor if I need solo play or if I just go and do it. So (laughs) I don't really tell Connor if I need it. I just kind of like own my orgasm. If I want to go and masturbate, I go masturbate. If I'm going to take a bath, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to take a bath. And I'm sure he's probably like, yeah, she's going to touch herself. I don't fucking care. Like I shamelessly masturbate. I have masturbated with him in the bed sleeping because I'm like, I need to get off. Or sometimes we'll have Connor sex and Connor sex usually includes Kelly not coming because I take a little longer to come. I have not come from, um, Is it called like a, I can't think of the word, but like penis and vagina. Um, that is just so lame. I can't think of what it's called. Um, penetrative sex. There we go. Uh, I've never come from that. So it takes a little longer for me. It takes a little stimulation. If I'm like not in a super sexy mood, it's just, I'm like, ugh, I don't need to come, but I really enjoy having sex. I really enjoy being fucked. So Connor will fuck me. We will do our thing. He will come. Sometimes he will, he says, I suck the life out of him. So he will immediately fall asleep. And then I'm like, hmm, well now I'm kind of horny. And so I will either touch myself with my fingers or pull out a vibrator. He sleeps through the whole thing. He would never know. Um, And it's hilarious. And I'll come next to him and I don't think I'm as loud, but I'm definitely making noises. Um, I also, we do this thing sometimes where if he, if he ends up coming before me, which is not super often. He usually tries to make me come first and then he comes or we come together, which we both really enjoy. But if he comes before me and then again, I suck the life out of him, he'll lay next to me and like hold me or touch me, but not be involved. But he really likes to like have his eyes closed, listening to me masturbate next to him. Super hot. I love it too. I think it's super hot. I'm like, I love the idea of him listening to me. Uh, and maybe he'll catch a glimpse like every now and then out of the corner of his eye, but that's kind of what we do. And so I think you can tell your partner like, Hey, I need to go do this. I also think you can just live your life. And if you want to masturbate, go masturbate. I don't feel like you need to make an announcement. Um, maybe early on, I talked more about it. I also have gotten in situations where I'm kind of like tired and I want to go to bed. And he'll be downstairs watching TV and I'll go into our room and I'll masturbate and then I'll go to sleep. And he never knew the wiser. Like he has no idea. I'm sure he's guessing. Um, And I'll tell him about it sometimes if it comes up in conversation, but I don't make it a big thing. Uh, But solo play and self-pleasure is a big part of my life. And I think it's really important. And I really try to make the time and space for it. And I know that if I'm feeling chaotic or out of it, we didn't have sex for a couple of weeks because we were moving, we were exhausted. And then we both got super sick. I was sick for like nine or 10 days. And so we didn't have sex. So I ended up masturbating quite a bit during that time because it helps me feel better. It helps calm me down. If I can't sleep, it's helpful. So I just kind of use it for all of those things. Um, 
So that is my, my self-pleasure story. Someone asked about dealing with a partner with avoidant attachment. Super interesting. So I'm anxious attachment style and Connor is avoidant. And I don't know everything about this. He's actually probably a better person to talk to about this because he's read all the books and done all the research. But I'll just say from our perspective, how it's been best for us. I get really needy when I'm feeling out of sorts and I'm feeling insecure and I have abandonment wounds. So I get really anxious and I'm like, a little monkey on his back. And I'm like, love me, hold me, give me attention. And he fucking hates that because he is avoidant. And so even though he also has abandonment wounds, he is like six feet distance. You stay over there. Please don't be needy. That is gross. I don't like it. And especially when we're in some sort of conflict, I have learned that Connor needs physical space. So if we're having a fight, my tendency, because I'm anxious, is to sit on his lap and talk it out. And I'm like, hold me while we discuss this. And he used to get really angry about it. And I couldn't figure it out. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry, I'm choking to death. He used to get really angry and I couldn't figure it out. And then I started to try some things. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I stand on the opposite side of the kitchen, how that would help. Or if he sat on the couch and I pulled up a chair that was like 10 feet away from him. Or instead of standing and him sitting and me looking down on him and like berating him like he's a child, what if I came down to his level and like talked? What if I didn't raise my voice or get all like emotional and like cry? What if I stayed super calm? And just talk to him like a normal conversation. All of these things really helped, really, really helped. Now, I'm sure everyone is different. We all have our different wounds and like whatever. But I find that with someone who is avoidant, who wants to like back, literally back away, giving them space so that they don't feel like you're pushing them into a corner is one of the best things you can do. It lets them breathe. It lets them process. I try not to put him on the spot to give me an answer right in that moment. I'll be like, Hey, I have a question for you. No pressure to answer this right now. I just kind of want to float it out there. And so then he can think about it and he'll come back to me after he's had time to process it and sit with it. And then he doesn't feel this pressure or like I'm hovering over him, like, tell me everything. Um, because that's just not how he operates. And so long story short, I think space is really amazing and crucial. And the more space we can give someone who is avoidant, the better. So that is my two cents there. Um, this question, why do I believe in marriage? So interesting. I don't think anyone has ever asked me that. Um, so here's kind of what I'm coming up with. I, as much as I like to push boundaries and am some somewhat of a rebel, I guess, um, and I don't like to quote unquote follow the rules, I am kind of traditional. Like I want to be married and I want to have kids and I want the house and I want the yard and I want a wedding. And so it feels it feels good to me. It feels wonderful. And I also have found a person that I want to build a life with. It doesn't mean that 
our marriage is going to be like everyone else's. It's not conventional. Um, we are still going to be probably having threesomes. We got engaged and we hung out with someone like two weeks later, we're going out with uh, a girl tomorrow night. And I don't feel like it's going to change it. Of course, having kids and being pregnant and all of that is going to impact things. And yes, our relationship will evolve. Um, I still believe that our values are front of mind. So freedom and play are two really big things for Connor and I. So whatever that looks like and however that evolves, I want to have a marriage that creates the space and the dynamic for that. I don't want to do things like everyone else. I want to do things the way Connor and I choose to do things, whatever feels best for us. We've gone through so many ebbs and flows and chapters in just two and a half years together of what we like, what we don't like, trying things, fucking up, having to go back and renegotiate, create new boundaries, decide what we like and what we don't like. And so now we're at this point where we're on the same page about having freedom and having play and doing fun, different things together. And I don't think that marriage has to be this conventional idea of what most people think. I also don't really feel like monogamy for the rest of your life makes sense. I get bored. Like it is boredom is my Achilles heel in everything. And I like sex a lot. And now that I realize that I like having sex with women as well, I want to have the option to do different things and try different things. Connor gets bored as well. Connor likes to have experiences that make a good story and that are different and wants to have a relationship where he can do cool shit with his partner. And that's not just sex. Like he loves hunting with me and he loves going out in nature and going on random adventures and just saying five o'clock in the morning, like, let's go do this thing. Those are all things that matter to him. And so we bring all of this together and we say, okay, in both of our individual selves, these are the things that matter. And then as a unit, these are the things that matter. How can we check off as many boxes for ourselves and for each other as possible? Like, I don't like planning threesomes. Connor really likes it. Connor likes going out and getting a drink with a girl and then bringing her back and all of us hang out. I I'm like, 50, 50 on that. He really enjoys it though. So that is a piece of freedom that I really encourage for him. I'm like, Hey, why don't you go do this thing? I'll take a bath. And then when you guys get back, we can all hang out. And that gives him freedom and space to be himself and do his thing. And he likes the idea of like bringing a girl back to his fiance. And I like the idea of that happening and I trust him and we have boundaries and respect for one another. And we worked really hard to get to this point. So I just think we've created a foundation for our marriage that makes sense. And I don't believe we need a piece of paper to mean anything for us. I think from a tax perspective, from owning homes together, a business together, dogs, like legally, it makes things a lot more clear and defined. If anything were to happen to one of us, uh, we're protected in all those ways. It makes sense. Also about to start trying to get pregnant after the wedding. All of those things I keep in consideration, but I just watch people who are in conventional monogamous relationships and I look at the divorce rate and I look at people I know who are in marriages that they hate and they hate themselves and they hate their partner and they don't have sex and they're just basically roommates. And I'm like, 
Yeah, that version of marriage, I don't believe in. But I believe in a version of marriage that works for you and your partner. If you're in an open relationship, if you're monogamous, if you fucking are kinky as fuck and are going to sex parties and are using whips and chains, like I don't really care. However, it feels supportive for you where you feel like you get to lean into your desires and have what you want and maintain your sovereignty while also being in a really amazing, expansive partnership. Like go fucking get it. So those are my beliefs on marriage. Um, Someone asked why we're using IVF to get pregnant. And I've had a few questions about this because everyone's like, I'm very holistic. You know, I take Advil. I consider things like Botox. I'm like, hmm, does this make sense? But for the most part, I'm pretty holistic, right? I want to have a natural birth whatever. I'm not getting vaccinated. Uh, I'm not anti-vax for the record. I'm choosing to not get vaccinated for a lot of reasons. That's a whole other show. Maybe I'll do that with Connor. But um, I've had a lot of people who are very holistic and they're like, don't do IVF. Like, There's no reason. Eat this food and it'll change. I agree when that is possible. However, Connor was born without vas deferens, which for those of you who don't know, it's the tube that brings the sperm to ejaculate. He doesn't have the tube, so his sperm just stay inside of his body and he is not ejaculating any sperm. So we physically cannot get pregnant. So far, all of my testing has come back clear. Um, I also read the book. It starts with the egg, which is an IVF fertility book that my acupuncturist recommended that is actually um, heavily influenced by the creator of uh, CCRM, which is where we are doing our fertility treatments. So they talk a ton about supplements and food. So I am on the whole regimen. I'm doing all the things. I'm going to have midwives and doulas. I'm so lucky that so many of my friends are in this space. Um, I have incredible guidance. I have been prepping my body for this for so long. I feel really, really ready. I feel super excited. I know that IVF can be a really scary, hard journey. So I'm not taking away from anyone who has struggled to get pregnant. Um, I just know that this is the route we're taking. And we, unless Connor like had vast deference tube inserted into his body, this is where we are. Um, so we're very excited for it. And that is why we are doing IVF. I want to pause really quickly because I want to tell you about how I'm nourishing myself. And this actually feeds in beautifully for the whole fertility conversation because over the last few months, as we have been working on getting pregnant um, and just getting our bodies ready, like I said, we've been on all these supplements. We have been, you know, doing the acupuncture and making sure we're sleeping and reading books and really preparing with our IVF doctor for what this is going to look like. And I have taken my self-care and what I'm putting into my body and put it on fucking overdrive because I'm like, I'm doing everything I can to get this body ready to get pregnant, carry baby, have a beautiful birth, uh, hopefully unmedicated and yay healthy baby. That is my goal. That is everyone's goal. Of course, things can go awry, but I'm doing everything that is within my power and my control to be prepared for this. So 
The first thing that I have really focused on is hydration. And as you all know, because I admit this to you over and over, I'm really, really bad at drinking water. And I know that being hydrated is a huge part of being fertile and having your body work at its optimal level. So I have been very, very uh, conscious about how much water intake I have, as well as making sure I'm replenishing my body with electrolytes, especially as I've been sick, as we've been moving, it's been stressful. I'm wedding planning, running our business that is growing like crazy um, and doing all these things. So I've just been really, really good about how I'm showing up for my body in terms of hydration and element has been super helpful for that. So their electrolytes are the best on the market, period. Uh, they don't use any sugar, sugar, artificial ingredients, no coloring. Um, and I actually just learned this from a few people. That element is amazing when you're breastfeeding. So I was like, okay, bookmark that when I'm breastfeeding. I know that I'm going to be using element at least once a day. I don't know all the science behind why it's good for breastfeeding. I'm just guessing that having salts and electrolytes in your body is really incredible because you're getting like super depleted of giving all this nourishment to your baby. So you have to take really good care of your body. So I'm really excited that I'm already on this amazing regimen with element. Um, I've told you before, but watermelon and grapefruit are the best. So I highly recommend you check those out. If you go to drinkelement.com slash Kelly T, that's drinklmnt.com slash Kelly T, you'll get an eight pack sampler of Element for the price of just shipping, which is five bucks in the US. So I highly recommend checking it out. It tastes so good. So many of you have told me that you've gotten the sample pack and then you end up buying this box and that box and then you yell at me and I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> Um, the other thing I'm super excited. I haven't talked about this at all, but Organifi has a product coming back called glow and I hadn't tried glow before. And they're telling me about this product coming back. And obviously we're going to share it because we have this incredible partnership and I love everything they make. And I'm obsessed with just the transparency and, um, ingredients that Organifi infuses into every single one of their products. I am pretty hesitant when I'm taking things that claim to do certain stuff. Um, but if you look at what Organifi does with their products, the amount of mushrooms that they put in to everything they do, the bioavailability of their vitamins, um, the lack of crap that they infuse, like this stuff is so clean and that's so important to me. And so I have been loading up on Organifi every single product, whether it's immunity because I'm sick, their probiotics, um, the shakes I talk about all the time to get in protein. It's plant-based. I love the vanilla and chocolate. And now I'm super, super excited because they are relaunching Glow. And Glow is all about um, supporting your body's innate collagen production. So it's helping promote brighter, more radiant skin. It's helping boost your hydration, nourishing your skin. It has 13 superfoods inside of there. And this is so funny. I didn't realize this, but the tremella mushroom has five times the moisture of hyaluronic acid. So if you're someone who gets facials, they always want you to use like hyaluronic acid in your products. And I'm a huge person of, well, I can put shit on my skin, but my skin is actually way more affected by what I'm putting inside my body. So, uh, 
things like eating dairy and gluten and not having enough water. That's what really impacts my skin. And so the tremella mushroom provides five times the moisture of hyaluronic acid. So yay for that. Glow taste incredible. I am not kidding you. It's raspberry lemonade, like just straight up raspberry lemonade. It's plant-based collagen. You can't find that anywhere. Most collagen is animal-based. Not that I'm against animal products. I eat paleo, but I like having plant-based proteins, plant-based collagen, uh, especially when they're super, super high level and the, the standard and the quality is so good. So it's so good to support your beauty from the inside, hydrating your skin, safer skincare, um, all of that. So incredible. So, so excited. You can find glow. If you go to the website, uh, it's organifi.com slash Kelly T you'll get 20% off of course with your order. Um, and they're doing a special deal until July 22nd. If you buy two glow, you'll get a free water bottle, um, with that 20% discount. So I'm so excited. Yay. Glow, uh, raspberry lemonade, add it in, watch your skin change. So great. All right. Let's get back to these questions. <sighs> I'm out of breath reading ads, man. So funny. So someone asked my favorite movies. Such a random question, but I love this. Let's not talk about spirituality for a second. Uh, my favorite movie of all time is Pretty Woman. I love it. I love it. Um, my favorite Disney movie, movie growing up was The Little Mermaid, which I love that Connor proposed to me in Kauai in a bathing suit in the middle of the water and rocks because it truly was a little mermaid moment for me. So I got to be an engaged mermaid. Um, I'm trying to think of my other favorite movies. I really love remember the Titans. I don't know why it just, it gets me every time I just sob. Um, and there's so many other more recent movies that I love, but pretty woman, I, anything Julia Roberts touches, I am so obsessed with. Uh, how did Connor and I meet? I'm going to link this in the show notes because we did an entire podcast about us meeting our relationship on okay, babe, which is the show that we have not done. I don't think since March, but we're bringing it back. We're so excited now that we have the house and a better pod set up and we're a little more grounded and less busy. Yeah, that's not a thing. Um, but we're going to bring okay, babe back. Cause we have so many things to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to link that, but long story short, we met through our podcasts. So I was about to go do ayahuasca for the first time. And I was looking for podcasts about ayahuasca because I just wanted to hear a little bit more. And he had a ton of shows, um, about ayahuasca. And so I started binging on those. And then my team reached out to him because we were like, oh, this would be a great fit for me to be on his show. So we pitched him for me to be on his show and we had a hilarious back and forth. We started DMing, we started voice texting, and then I quickly fell in love with him and was like, hi, I love you so much. Um, he probably wouldn't say it that way, but I think he had the same experience. And we were like, there's something special here. And we were supposed to do a pod swap. So be on each other's shows. And the weekend before that was planned, I couldn't stand it anymore. I'm like, I have to meet this guy. I need to touch him. I need to feel him. I need to be around him. And so we met up and we have been together ever since. And it's just, yeah, it's so funny, but it's so, it's been so interesting and magical. And I just fucking love him so much. Oh, can't wait to marry his ass. 
our favorite spot in the new house. Um, my favorite spot in the new house is probably either in our bed because the view is stupid. <laughs> it's overlooking kind of the mountains and the rock, um, like slated rock across the way, but into the valley as well. So the sunrise is insane here. So I love just laying in bed in the morning, playing with the dogs and looking at that. But then I also love being in the yard. I try every morning to either go sit on the deck of Connor's office um, at the little patio setup and have my coffee or my Organifi out there and just watch the dogs play. Or I sit in the grass and I'll do this multiple times throughout the day. I'll sit or I'll lay in the grass while the dogs run around and I just hear the birds chirping and the deer walk by and we'll have neighbors coming by and we'll say hi. And it's just, I don't know, there's something so peaceful and just calm about being in the yard and laying in my fake turf grass that (laughs) feels so good. Um, So I think, yeah, those are fave spots. I'm also excited because I'm in the middle of decorating my office studio right now. Very bare at the moment, but I think it's going to be really, really cool once it's done and just feels really genuine to me and my growth and everything going on. Um, okay. This is an interesting one. When is it time to leave a relationship? How do you know? So this is such an individual question and answer. And I think for me, it's like, what are you willing to put up with? And what no longer feels supportive for you? And what are some of the red flags that you're noticing? And are they things that you really can't tolerate? Or are they things that you grow and you learn individually and together? So I've tried to leave my relationship with Connor so many times because I freak out and because I have abandonment wounds in my past, I'm like, oh, well, instead of you leaving me, I'm just going to leave you. And that feels better. And I thought every time I should just not be in this relationship because it's hard. It gets hard. We have a fight. We disagree on something. We're very, very, very different people. I'm like, this is not the relationship I should be in. Then something keeps me around and we talk and it actually becomes a huge catalyst for our growth. And so what I would offer is that stay and talk through things, communicate, learn until it no longer feels like a catalyst for your growth. If you're not growing, if the other person's not growing, if you're not challenging each other in in beneficial ways, if you don't feel connected anymore, if there's no fire and you've talked through it and you've tried to create new situations or dynamics for you both to have your needs met, if you've really laid all your cards out on the table and you say, you know what, this just doesn't make sense anymore, then I think it's time to leave. But if it's, oh, well, he does this and I think that, I mean, if that's not, if it's not a huge deal and if it's just different operating systems, I don't really believe that you need to end a relationship. I mean, if that's the case, uh, there's so many things Connor and I look at the world differently and operate differently. And we would never, I would never be able to function with anyone who's different than I am. And what I believe is that 
I'm really grateful he sees the world differently and operates differently than me because I learn so much. I am able to see the world through someone else's eyes. I'm able to be open to changing my perspective and taking on a new way of being. He's so adventurous. He's so last minute. He doesn't plan. He does things whenever the fuck he wants. And it's been the greatest gift for me. It drives me crazy sometimes, but it's also been the greatest gift because I have been able to infuse more play and more spontaneity and more just unknown stuff into my life and my relationship that keeps me from getting bored, which is like I said earlier, my Achilles heel. I'm never bored with Connor and I don't actually need more stability because I provide so much stability for myself. If I had more stability, I would get bored. Like these are all things that I've learned about myself. And so that's why I think our relationship works. You just have to decide for yourself. Is this nourishing me? Is this supportive for me? Am I growing? Do I feel like I am, you know, living into my core values and able to choose myself and have my individual experience while also having a relationship and a partnership that makes me better? If it's not, Maybe it's time to say goodbye. Um, Foria products. So I got a question about have I ever used Foria and what do I think? This is also not an ad, but I am definitely open to it being an ad because I love Foria. We use their lube until it ran out and we literally like took the, the top off the bottle and then hit it into our hands to try and get the very last. It is so good. I love Foria. And then I also love Woo More Play. I have used um, Uber Lube. Hate it. Anything that's super water-based, I actually don't like. And I know that some sex toys require require water-based products, which of course, totally fine. I actually just really don't like it. I don't think it feels good. I think Woo tastes really good. I think Foria tastes good. Um, and I think Foria, I could be wrong. Um, I think Foria enhances pleasure like using CBD. I could be totally making that up, but I think they do. And I, it works like it definitely feels more intense, um, and more stimulated. So yes, Foria is great. I'm a huge fan. Um, and we, we use it in our house. It has been by our bed. We need another bottle ASAP. So I'm just going to go ahead and work on that sponsorship after we get off this podcast. So those are all the questions I got. I love doing these. If you have questions, feel free to DM me. I'm going to try and do this probably once a month. seems like we're able to get through a lot of things. I also just want to offer this again. We are all learning together and all we have to do and all we get to do is just learn to trust ourselves and rely on ourselves. How can you let go of distractions and noise and feeling like you need someone else to complete you or guide you? How can you come back to you and really trust in what feels best for you? without needing to feel validated by saying, well, someone else told me to do it, so that makes it okay. What if you got comfortable saying, I chose this and that makes it okay? I want that for all of you. 
we don't have to keep looking for love in all the wrong places. Love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you would like even more exclusive content, conversations with me, the ability to connect with women in a really sacred space to continue to challenge yourself, to create space for yourself and come back home to your truth and your knowing. I would love, love, love to have you inside the Onyx, the incredible space that I created for women like you who want more and who are ready to lean in to all of it. You can go to patreon.com slash the Kelly show. The link is in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in there and hold that space for your growth. See you soon.